CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. the Nasdaq market site. The guys here getting ready behind me for the big show. And while they're doing that, here's a look at what is coming up on Options Action. Making money if Facebook shares go up, down, or nowhere at all. We'll show you how to do it. Plus, cigarettes and other so-called safety stocks are flashing a warning sign. We'll tell you how to profit. And... That's what investors are doing in shares of Wynn Resorts. And after you hear what the new CEO told CNBC, you might be doubling down too. It's time to risk less and make more. The action begins right now. We're going to get to all that, uh, but first we start with breaking news on Intel and Broadcom. Let's get to Courtney Reagan in the newsroom for the details. Courtney. Hi, Melissa. So this just crossing right now from Dow Jones. Dow Jones reporting, according to sources, that Intel is considering acquisition alternatives, including possibly looking at Broadcom. You know right now, of course, that Broadcom is working to try to take over Qualcomm. And that deal, of course, is getting excessively complicated. You can see here shares of Intel aren't moving that much after hours. Broadcom shares, however, are moving higher after hours at this point. Qualcomm shares down just slightly on this report from Dow Jones, citing sources that Intel is looking into possible acquisitions, including taking a look at what's going on with Broadcom. Back over to you. All right, Courtney. Thank you, Courtney Reagan. Uh, let's trade this. Uh, this could possibly derail completely the uh, Broadcom for Qualcomm deal, as Courtney had mentioned. You had actually pitched Broadcom, correct? As a fast yeah, I, mean, I mean, listen, you know, I think Broadcom's probably okay no matter what happens here. Obviously, if they get bought by Intel, that works out. I think they really obviously want Qualcomm here. What's really interesting to me about Intel is that we've seen this company be very acquisitive over the last few years. They bought Altera. They bought Mobileye. They've probably spent over $30 billion in acquisitions to kind of reposition themselves for the next 10 years. One thing that's really important to note here, this is a company that really did miss mobile. And for years, people thought that Intel might buy Qualcomm. It never happened. Broadcom Broadcom came in here. So this could have something to do with shoring up some market share at Intel, Broadcom's 5 6% customer. There's been a lot of concern that Intel is going to start losing some share in some of the different uh, areas that they sell into Apple. So to me, this makes a pretty murky situation that much murkier. You know, one of the things I would say, there certainly is a strategic alliance that makes a lot of sense there. A lot of times when you see companies that have kind of missed the boat in their space, they go out and make acquisitions, sometimes at questionable valuations. We don't know what that valuation would be, but actually in this particular instance, you know, it could easily be accretive. You know, Intel actually trades at a premium to Broadcom right now by about two turns on an EV to EBITDA basis. So when you think about it, you know, they could pay a premium and it could be a good win for both sides. I mean, look, the stock has lagged. If you look at its performance relative to semis, uh, with the exception of maybe AMD, it's, it's been a real laggard. So something's got to happen. Either they got to acquire someone or they got to get acquired. But it's sort of been a, a problem stock if you've been invested in semis. The headline, though, is intriguing because it's not just Broadcom. It's at alternatives. 
Yeah. So as if that there could be other candidates as well. Well, as far as, far as technology is concerned, we've seen the most M&A activity over the last five years in semiconductors. I think it's close to $300 billion. That's not even including what this Qualcomm deal uh, would look like if Broadcom was, were to prevail. I think, unfortunately, this thing got really complicated. I would also throw another name in the mix. It would be Texas Instruments. It would be somebody that, you know, they obviously um, don't sell into um, the kind of PC-centric, server-centric as much as um, some of the other guys. And, and, but there definitely are in wireless, Internet of Things, that sort of thing. So right. And industrial. And that's a big one for Texas Instruments. Has there been any unusual activity in any of these names prior to suggest that maybe somebody thought something was happening? Well, I mean, Intel is a is and always has been one of the more active names. So has it really been standing out this week? No, I don't think so. I mean, these are these are among the more actively traded names. So sometimes you could have some unusual activity, maybe a 30,000 contract print on the call side. And in any normal stock, that would be a really blockbuster thing. Here it might be a 20% uptick in one of these names. I mean, Broadcom, you were just talking about $300 billion worth of M&A activity in the space. You know, Broadcom pre whatever the price would be if there is a deal is a hundred billion plus dollar company. So, you know, you really need to see something big for it to stand out and name the size. It's not like when Intel took over Altera. There we did see right. significant unusual activity and did stand out. And also before the Qualcomm rumors really got going, there was some tells in the Qualcomm pattern. But there have been no tells of late in any individual names that this kind of Intel blanket might be coming. You said Broadcom would be fine no matter what. How about Qualcomm? Um, well, Qualcomm will find it. So listen, then Qualcomm finally gets their NXP deal done, I mean, which yeah, they wanted true. to do, you know. So, um, you know. I, I don't know. I think there's probably a couple big mega mergers to be done, if depending upon how this thing shakes out. And I think Mike's point is a really good one about Broadcom. It's such a cheap stock. It's trading in low teens, um, you know, just on a PE basis, that sort of thing. So has Intel. And so some of the deals that they've been making over the last few years, they're much more expensive, Mobileye, that sort of thing. They're hoping that at some point, if they're well positioned in autonomous driving and AI and that sort of thing, that they're going to see the sort of appreciation that NVIDIA has, at least on a multiple basis, because of their exposure to some of these emerging technologies. So to me, I think these stocks are probably some of the best bets within technology because of valuation, because of how they're aligning themselves for the next 10 years of computing. All right, let's stick with technology now. The NASDAQ hitting a fresh all-time high today on the back of a big tech surge. Check out the tech sector surging in the past month, up more than 10%, in fact, and the best-performing sector this year. Take a look at the FANG stocks in particular. Amazon and Netflix crushing the competition with Facebook and Google still higher on the year, but way behind its two big tech rivals. And one of those moves is causing the chart master here to hit the sell button. Carter's going to head over to the plasma. Yeah, we're, going to look, we're going to look at Facebook, sure. So, I mean, one of the things we know is that these group is almost treated as its own sector, its own asset. Uh, it even has the acronym that's become so popular, F-A-N-G. But of late, Facebook is not attracting capital. It is not under accumulation. And often, after a great run-up, that's a sign of trouble. So what I have here is the, the, the recently created FANG index. It's not just those names that are in it, but things like Twitter, um, among others. And what we have, of course, is a great correlation that then has started to not be the case. In fact, so you see that, that Facebook has really not participated with its like kind, so to speak. Look at this over a longer period of time. I mean, this is not nothing. And so often after a great run-up, a fade or stall foreshadows more trouble. Let's keep going. So another way to look at it is not just relative to FANG-type stocks, it's relative to the market. In fact, what we know is that while Facebook has generally been ascending for the better part of three, four months, its relative performance to the S&P, I mean, not being able to beat the S&P with 
with bad staples in it and utilities, I mean, unable to perform in line with the S&P, which is hardly a comp. Well, what about compared to a comp? This is compared to tech. So, yes, the stock is up, but the relative performance to the other choices one could have made is down. That's not great. Not a, not a good uh, setup. And then just one more. Maybe you consider it consumer discretionary because it's so tied uh, to consumer behavior. But the same general pattern, yes, which is to say up, down. All right, let's look at the chart itself, and I'm done. Here is the one two-year chart, 16 to 18. Here's the trend line that draws itself. It's been in this well-defined channel, and we've really broken down often after breaking below a channel and then throwing back to the top of the channel as it's done typically hits its head and then does that. I'm a seller of Facebook here. If you're long and got great gains, take your money off the table. All right. What's the trade, Mike? Uh, you know, very simply, I'm just taking a look out to April. I'm looking at selling the April 185, 195 call spread. When I was looking at this earlier today, you could sell those 185 calls for $5.70 by the 190. Actually, I believe this was, yeah, the 190 calls. I just said 195 for 190. So this is a situation where you can, you know, collect a decent percentage of the distance between the strikes. And the situation here with Facebook is, from a fundamental standpoint, um, it's a great growth story. Can't, can't really argue about that. We're talking about mid-double-digit revenue growth, uh, basically, since this company went public. But we do see some elevated options premium, and I do see that weakness in the charts. This is a way that you can basically bet against the stock. Even if it just sort of levels off here, you're going to collect this premium over the course of just over a month. You with him? Uh, well, listen, I would say that the most um, likely catalyst for the stock is going to be their Q1 earnings, and that's going to come after April expiration. So as far as catalysts are concerned, it makes sense. You know, Mike targeting that 85 to 95 range is really the gap that it would fill back to the highs. Not a gap, but I mean, that, that's mm -hmm. really where the next level of resistance is. So if you agree with the technical setup, which I do. Options prices are elevated because we just came off this period of uh, heightened volatility. Um, you got that going for you. Um, you know, listen, it's funny. I, I, I kind of see what Carter sees, um, but I also see a stock that actually spends a lot of time consolidating and then finds a reason to go up like 15% over the last few years or what. So this is one way to play that because if the stock just continues to consolidate, you're going to make some money. Doesn't consolidation usually happen in a channel? Well, so what Dan's referring to is it has sort of these lilting periods where it sort of not quite stalls and rolls over, but stalls to the point where it ends up being the setup for the next advance. Yeah. So th that's what he's sort of cautioning. Could this be the pause that refreshes or the case I'm making? Is it foreshadowing something uh, not desirable? You know, I think one of the reasons why you might also see that is that there is a new narrative that's been introduced with names like Facebook with respect to some of the things that are going on. They're trying to change their business model to deal with some of the issues that they've been having just with respect to the kinds of things that get disseminated over the network. I think that people are going to have a little bit of a wait and see to see how that pays out. Uh, we uh, want to go back to the news and we have a statement in from Intel and reports of that possible deal uh, with Broadcom. Courtney Reagan's got the latest court. Hi there, Melissa. Yes, so we did get a statement from Intel again. This is in response to the Dow Jones report citing sources that Intel is considering a variety of possible strategies, including making a bid for Broadcom. So Intel's uh, response to CNBC is, quote, we do not comment on rumors or speculation related to M&A. That being said, we have made important acquisitions over the past 30 months, including Mobileye and Altera, and our focus is on integrating those acquisitions and making them successful for our customers and shareholders. So pointing out recent acquisitions that they've made. 
Melissa, yeah. back over to you. Thank you, Courtney. We saw that pop in uh, shares of Broadcom AVGO, and we are actually seeing Qualcomm shares trade lower by more than a percent in the after-hour session, too. For so. a company that doesn't comment on M&A speculation, that was quite a comment. I mean, they're just <laughs> highlighting some between? of the M&A that they've been engaged Most in. Most people would just say we don't comment on yeah. rumors. Yeah. So are you reading into it like they're... I mean, listen, I... Oh, come on. I, Tell I, us. I mean, it just seemed like you would say no comment. You know what I mean? We don't comment on speculation. I mean, it did seem to... If you were going to try to read anything into it, it seems like our plate is full was one way I might read that. Um, so that, you know, okay. it would Back discount it a little bit, maybe. All right. Uh, got a question out there. Send us a tweet to at Options Action for everything Options Action. Check out the website, optionsaction.cnbc.com. While you're there, check out our super cool newsletter. But hurry up. You've got one last hour to read it this weekend. In the meantime, here's what else is coming up from the show. After the ouster of Steve Wynn, investors are loving shares of Wynn Resorts. And after you hear what the new CEO told CNBC, you might too. Plus, calling all Options Action fans. Reach into your pocket. Grab your phone and tweet us your question at Options Action. If it's nice, we'll answer it on air when Options Action returns. Welcome back to Options Action. I'm Contessa Brewer. The big headline coming out of Wynn Resorts Las Vegas, this company is not for sale. I sat down with the new CEO, Matt Maddox, for his very first TV interview, and I asked him if he's fielding phone calls about buying the company either in whole or in parts. As a CEO, I have a fiduciary duty to entertain anything. But what I can tell you is we're not for sale. And there's been talks about breaking the company up. That also makes no sense. So to pursue strategic alternatives at a time when the narrative is not about the business is a mistake. So what I'm doing is I'm getting everybody focused again on what it is that we do. We build places that are fun and that produce the best returns in the business. When you have... Massachusetts politicians saying, we don't know if this project can continue with the Wynn name up on the building. Would you consider a name change? The emotions are very raw right now uh, on this subject, which I completely understand. But to make a branding decision that would impact 25,000 employees and 20 plus million guests a year at this time, I think would be a mistake. Under the leadership of Matt Maddox, Wynn Resorts has now settled one big lawsuit with a former big shareholder, Aruze USA. That had been ongoing litigation for six years, was threatening to be a $5.3 billion liability for the company, as well as introducing evidence in open court that could have exposed dirty laundry. That settled, but of course there are still pending shareholder lawsuits against Wynn Resorts. Melissa? Thank you, Contessa Brewer, for us in Las Vegas. And if you take a look at shares of Wynn, the SOC has actually regained most of its losses from late January when those allegations against Steve Wynn first surfaced. And with the new CEO at the helm, if you're looking to roll the dice, so to speak, on Wynn, Mike's got a way to skew the odds in your favor. Mike, take it away. Sure thing. So we're going to take a look at a call spread risk reversal, actually. This only says call spread. This is a trade that we're going to want to look at when options premiums are elevated. Now, they really spiked when it gapped lower on that news, but they have come in a little bit, but they still are well above average. Second thing we're trying to do here is we're trying to capture some of the upside. But finally, we also want to avoid some of the risk of further downside. After we saw this news come out, and we'll take a look at how the stock behaved, we can actually see a little bit of what's going on here. As you alluded to, obviously, this was when the news took place. Stock fell very sharply. Now we've recovered a decent bit of what it lost. 
essentially, if you get in and you start buying the stock right here and you get more bad news, we kind of have a sense of where that bad news is going to lead you. And that's right around the 170 level. So the trade I'm taking a look at doing here is the 170, 190, 210 call spread risk reversal. So you're going to buy the 190 calls, $7.85, and then to take in a little bit of that elevated options premium, we're looking at selling the 210 calls for 210, as it happens, and the 170 puts for 255. And as you can take a look on this chart, that essentially represents where the downside risk is, in my view, on more bad news. Although I don't expect we're actually going to get any. Another way you can think about this, if you missed your opportunity to buy the stock when it was down here, that's the risk you're taking by doing this trade. If it does drop, that's where you're going to end up owning it. Arthur, what do you think? I mean, look, this in terms of a dynamic pattern, you can't find them more. I Meaning this is a stock that was sitting there at 165 in early January. News related pops 25 percent to 205 acquisition or and then drops that much back to 165. And now is back again to almost 200. As a technical setup goes, it's great. What do you think of the trade, and so, what do you think about actually getting long? Let's talk about the strikes, and, and I, I love this kind of trade structure, especially, you know, after this bad news is out and the stock has recovered, I mean, you could maybe say whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Maybe, you know, this was a company that was really regained, you know, massive losses over the last five years up until this news. So to me, I love the idea of positioning for higher highs. It really depends where you want to set that short put strike. You chose 170. I might chose, choose 160 and then maybe go further out of the money, okay? So really kind of putting less premium at risk. Um, and then your break-even is a little bit further away because obviously the bands, the volatility bands have been widened a little bit. But I like, I like this trade idea, especially after you've had a 20% bounce. In the so, you know, one of the things about that, obviously, you know, everybody can take a look at these and sort of try to set the strikes where they think it would, an entry point would make a lot of sense. Obviously, if you push it a little further out in the calendar, you're going to end up collecting more premium and you can actually widen out those strikes. We're looking at a pretty short time horizon here. One of the nice things is that even though you are spending some premium, generally speaking in these types of trades, and you have riskreversal.com, so you yeah. must talk about this yeah. all the time, those wing options that you've sold actually decay faster as a percentage of their value than that one that the money does. So even though you're laying out some premium, the day-to-day -day decay of this trade is actually going to be very low. What would make you cautious on this trade, Mike? Uh, well, I mean, I think... In terms of news flow, in terms of, you know... You know, let, let's take a, well, let's talk a little bit about what's going on in Massachusetts, for example, right? So for the state to sit there and say, okay, we're going to try to take it out on all of the shareholders of this company, all the other stakeholders, when the guy whose name is on the building is gone. actually, he's gone, you know, and like I said before, you know, choose Encore, right? Seems an appropriate enough name. They, their hotels are the best on the strip. They do a great job. I actually like the way they manage this company. And I don't think that Steve being out of the picture is going to, he was going to have to leave eventually anyway. And also remember, the, the actual the price action is not much different than LVS or MGM, so that even though the thing's going on with this specific company, it's not being traded any different by the street. Whereas there are other hospitality stocks like Carnival and Royal Caribbean, which are really rolled over. The lawsuit being done now, too, is also a big deal. I mean, this has been ongoing for a while. Everybody remembers all the controversy back when that originally happened and the guy got thrown off the board. But I think it's nice to have that off, out of the way as well. All right. Up next, Netflix. It's up 10% just this week alone, and that's great news for one of our traders. We'll break down the winning trade after the break. Much more options. Action next. Welcome back to Options Action. It's time to take a look back at some of our open trades. Now, just last week, Mike was binging on Netflix with a bullish bet on the streaming giant. 
This right here came, as it seems to so often, when people get a favorable surprise out of earnings. And that's one of the reasons why I am not inclined to actually fade the stock. The April 290 340 call spread. When I was looking at this earlier today, you could buy the 290 calls for $18.85, sell the 340s against it for $4. That's a net debit of just less than $15 on a spread that is $50 wide. Now, Netflix has soared 10% in just the last week. The stock making a comeback today and shrugging off a downgrade from earlier in the week. So, Mike, what's next? This is amazing, this stock. I mean, <laughs> blink, you might miss it. It's really incredible. We, you know, actually in the middle of the week when the stock got up around 322, I actually tweeted out that you could roll those 290 calls up to the 320s, take in 19 bucks, and then essentially own the 320, 340 call spread for free, actually, better than that, because you'd already taken some profits off the table. Here we are, it's trading 331. I think if you're in this stock, you definitely want to take profits on that call spread, for sure. But I don't know that this is going to end right here. I might be inclined to take some charts? of those proceeds. So, so obviously, yeah, I, it, the, the interesting thing is, if you look at past instances where the stock gaps on its news, and there is follow-through one day, or 10 days, or in this case, weeks and weeks, you reach a point, and we're very close, where it's then not going higher on a relative basis. So I think take your profits is, is the right play. Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, this stock was up 55%. That was eye-popping last year. It's up 72% right now. I've never seen anything like this, so it seems like people are pretty confident in their success. <laughs> we were making a multi-bet week that this was going to go up 50 and bucks, and it's up almost week. the whole thing. <laughs> up next, final call from the Options Pits. Welcome back to Options Action. Breaking news moments ago that Intel may be putting out its own bid for Broadcom. Well, the CEO of Intel, Brian Krasanich, will be on Mad Money. That's next Thursday, so you will want to catch that. Time now for the final call. Carter. I'm a seller of Facebook. I co. Call spread risk reversals and win. Dan Nathan. I didn't have a trade, so goodbye and good luck. What? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Looks like our time has expired. I'm Melissa Lee. For more Options Action, check out the website, optionsaction.cnbc.com. Stay tuned. Mad Money is up next. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Edinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.